everybody give God a praise. Give him a praise in the house. Hallelujah. Oh, bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, our God, we honor you in this place today. We acknowledge you as God creator, the blesser of our souls, and the giver of every good gift. And so now we say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for your exceeding grace and your extended mercy. For you are the God of our creation. You're our healer, our deliverer. You, Lord, are our helper. And it's in you that we live, we move, and we have our very existence. Unlike you, O oh God. Unlike you, O oh God. Now, Father God, I pray that you would touch the hearts and the understanding mechanism in each and every hearer that they shall receive this word with clarity of understanding that after hearing it they would immediately become doers of your word and not simply hearers mm. let your anointing be weighty upon me I pray this day that I may effectively teach and preach your blessed word. Oh God, it is so needed and necessary. Help Joseph to take self out of it and that only you, Christ, shall be seen. And I bless your name in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody give God a praise offering right now. While you're yet standing, and if I may take the liberty to say so to those that are in our viewing audience, amen, we want to talk to them too. Is that all right? I want to invite them to stand for the reading of God's word as is found in the book of Philippians. The book of Philippians chapter 3. Praise God, and we will be viewing and teaching from verses 7 through 14. Philippians chapter 3, verses 7 through 14. And when you have those, please say, I have arrived. But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. Come on and say all things. I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them as dumb that I may win Christ 
and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. Come on and say sufferings. Being made conformable, conformable unto his death. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I had already attained, neither or either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And the word of the Lord is blessed. You may have your seats. For approximately the last two weeks or so, it has been prevalent in my spirit, in my heart, and even in my mind to teach on the subject of suffering. Don't look at me funny. And when we read the text here as found in Philippians chapter 3, these verses, generally we swiftly travel to the 14th verse. And we're happy to quote that. I press. Yeah, been going through, but I press. Folk persecuting me and talking about me, but I press. Got bills and COVID is all around and all kinds of crazy things, but I press toward the mark. For the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And that is a victorious statement. We're pressing, we're pushing. We're encountering difficult times and things, but I'm encouraged because I'm pressing because I can see what's for me at the end of the tunnel. I press. But when we say that, our primary focus is really on what's at the end of the tunnel and not the journey through the tunnel. And I'm not at all saying that that's a bad way to think. I think it's good. But you got to remember, you still got to make it through the tunnel before you get to the prize. And in the tunnel, it's not all bad. Yes, we suffer, but we encounter new friends. We encounter all kinds of situations. We get to eat, we get to sleep, we get to have a good time. But also in the tunnel, there are tears. There are fears. There are people that mean us harm in the tunnel. 
But we don't want to talk about that. We want to see, when I get there, <laughs> glory, glory, hallelujah. And right now, I got to deal with this tunnel. The place of suffering. But it's not all bad. But it's still a place of suffering. I want to talk to you this morning from the subject, since we all have to do it. Suffering with grace. I, I know y'all didn't come here today to hear about suffering. Y'all want to hear how you're going to get a new car. How that new house or apartment is right around the corner. Up! Stay faithful. Keep paying your time. Everything is going to be all right. But what about now in the tunnel? <laughs> and you may hear me quote this scripture several times during the short tenure of my span. <sighs> they that live godly will suffer persecution. You don't want to hear that though. Come on and repeat with me. Suffering with grace. Since the Bible says if we live godly, we're going to suffer persecution. We're going to go through some things. Well, we might as well suffer with grace. If you know you got to have to suffer, you might as well do it first class. You know what you're in for, so hold up your head and suffer right. I, this, this may be a foreign situation to you all. Talk about Suffering with grace. First of all, grace is the empowerment from God that will sustain and help us through any given situation. Now, I know when we look at that word grace, which is the empowerment of God in our lives to accomplish any purpose, we generally think of hard times. But the truth be told, some of y'all are going through some great things, but you need grace to keep you humble. I'm waiting for a few more. Because when things really get good and folk are just admiring you and complimenting you, if you're not careful, that head won't be able to get out of the same door that it came in. Suffering with grace. Suffering as Christ would suffer. Suffer without losing dignity. Suffering without uh, uh, without compromising your relationship with God. There's a scripture in the Bible, I, I, I think it may be Proverbs or, or somewhere there, but I'm going to paraphrase it. It talks about how I'm grateful to God that I'm not so wealthy that I would forget God, nor am I so poor that I would lend myself to thievery. <laughs> God can and will keep you if you want to be careful, no matter what you're going through. I dare not look at anybody eyeball to eyeball because you might think I know your stuff. But everybody goes through the tunnel from time to time. <laughs> Let me say it like this. Because I have literally traveled many different countries, experienced a multitude of cultures, 
And I've seen people, even the people of God, living in diverse cultures, cultures, diverse cultures, while living in adverse and unimaginable circumstances or conditions. And the thing that often amazes me most is how less those who are in the most dismal of circumstances and situations seem to complain the least. What kind of mess is this? This compels me to wonder and to ponder what would those who have no, excuse me for a moment, but everybody don't have it like you, you suffering saint, you. What would those who have no local running water, no, watch this, no in-house toilets, most of y'all probably have a, at least two in your houses. Those who don't have the luxury of simply flicking the switch and on comes the air conditioner and on comes the heat. What would those people say to our constant complaints of how we're suffering because I had to wait one whole day, two days, Three days for the cable man to come and reattach my line. But I'm suffering for Jesus because after all, for at least 15 minutes, I'm watching a gospel station through the whole seven days of the week. I'm, at least I'm suffering for Jesus because I can't get my cable to come on. Suffering for Jesus is an interesting perspective, huh? We find or claim that we are suffering. Do you really know what suffering is? Said to you all on numerous occasions, we go to the, we go to the kitchen and, and open up the refrigerator door and say, ain't nothing here to eat. But the refrigerator, as you know, is packed full of food, yet there's nothing that you desire at that time that you see that you want now, but you're suffering, starving. Oh, give me a break. Yet, there is a suffering that must occur literally for every person, but especially for those who live godly. I'm talking about Paul. I'm talking about Jesus. I'm talking about, I'm talking about Elisha. I'm talking about every patriot that dared to walk with Jesus and refuse to do anything other. 2 Timothy 3 and 12 says, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall, come on and say shall, shall suffer persecution. It didn't say might. It didn't say it's plausible to think there's a Good possibility. No, if you're going to live godly, you shall suffer persecution. Oh, why isn't there anyone in the aisle dancing now? Mm. Uh, but I want to share with you today that suffering 
where in 2 Timothy 3 and 12, where Paul addresses the issue there, saying all that live godly shall suffer persecution. I want y'all to know that his suffering wasn't the end of his story. And it's not the end of your story. You may be going through now, but I got a glimpse of some light at the end of the tunnel. The Bible says it another way. It says weeping may endure for a night, eh, but joy comes in the morning. In fact, 2 Timothy, right there, 3, uh, uh, 2 Timothy, actually in verse 12, uh, just before verse 12 comes where I've just quoted to you, uh, Paul says in verses 10 and 11, he says, But thou hast fully known my doctrine, my manner of life, my purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, all of this you've seen, you've known. In fact, 11 goes on and says, You've seen my persecution, my affliction, which came unto me at Antioch and Iconium and Lystra, what persecutions I endured, what suffering I endured. That means I went through it, but I got through it. But I love the end of the verse because at the end of the verse, he says, but out of them all, the Lord delivered me. Whatever you're going through, the suffering that you're enduring right now, first of all, is for a good cause. You don't always understand why God is allowing something. And sometimes God himself will send certain things upon you. And there is a reason. I don't know if it's something that you have to learn, if there's something that you're going to get out of that that's going to help you in your tomorrow. God knows what we don't know. His ways are above our ways. His thinking are above our thinking. We don't know. That's why when God moves, whatever it is, we know that God is still in control. So we just ought to praise him. And that's why the Bible lets us know that in all things give thanks unto God. But out of them all, the Lord delivered me. See, for the saints, the trajectory of our deliverance is to a better place. It's amazing. In fact, one songwriter wrote about it. He was suffering. He was going through things. You were going through some things. But the songwriter says, amazing grace. How sweet the sound. Grace, grace. Suffering with grace. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound. That saved a wretch like me. You got to understand when the Bible talks or when, even when here today when we talk about being saved by grace, we're not just talking salvation or soul salvation, but the reality is that's the most important thing. But some of you were saved from the grips of your enemies that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind. Now I see I was suffering. I was going through needlessly, but I didn't see what I should have saw. Sometimes it's, it's self-incurred blindness because we didn't want to see truth. And so we had to suffer because we refused to acknowledge truth. It was there all the time. You saw it. You saw, you saw all of the indications of them slipping in the darkness or this one doing this. And, and, and after the fact, you, you always want to say, something told me. But you refused to hear the spirit of the Lord that was speaking to you. You refused to open your eyes. But, but not all. Not all suffering is self-induced. Deal with the text. Let me deal with the story. Paul, 
Ah, Paul wrote more of the New Testament than any other writer. Paul went through some, some things, and I'm confident that you would agree with me that Paul was a great man. But you didn't go through what he went through. I want to be like Paul. I want to be like Jesus. But you didn't go through what Paul or Jesus went through. Yeah, Joseph was a great man. He became the second richest and powerful man in all of Egypt. But you didn't go through what Joseph went through. You got to go through in order to get to your blessing. <laughs> you got to go through the wilderness in order to get to the promised land. You don't have to like it, but it is what it is. <sighs> In a life dedicated to serving God, Paul had faced excruciating poverty, but also abundant wealth and everything in between. He had good times and he had bad times. Sounds like your life, doesn't it? Look at somebody and tell them, it ain't all bad. There were times he had to suffer, and I did say he had to, that he had to suffer, and there were times that he feasted in the glorious victories of being an overcomer and helping and teaching others to endure hardness as a good soldier of Christ. But there is not overcome, there is never an overcomer who does not come over something. How many want to be great now? And you wonder, why am I going through this? Could it be because God is, threw you back in the fire on the potter's wheel, put you on the potter's wheel? He's remaking you. He's reshaping you. He didn't destroy you. He just broke that piece off of you that was causing bacteria. And bacteria will eventually infiltrate the whole body and cause death. So he had to rip that friend from you. He had to rip this loved one from you. He had to rip this unnecessary desire from you. Holy Ghost, I thank you right now. I thank you right now. Because there's some things that we were doing, we did it because we liked doing it, but it was not of God, so God had to allow it to be torn away. God loves you so much that he will kill what you love. Don't tell me he won't do it. He let Jesus die on the cross. Because he loved us so much. Ah, yes, there was a mutual agreement. Jesus agreed that, my God, I'll shed my blood that they might have life and thereafter everlasting life and peace. But he allowed what he loved to die, not because there was sin or shame in Jesus' game, but in our game. Somebody had to suffer to get something that was greater. Oh, 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 oh. Watch this. I, I, just, got, I just got an email. I just got an email. Uh, all right, did that come from heaven? All right, I just got an email. And some of y'all that are looking for get rich quick, 
ideas. If it sounds too good to be true, chances are it is. All of a sudden, you you all know, you know what do they call that? But regardless, you go on the internet and you hit something and it's something about selling something to you or some, you know, don't make a mistake of hitting Bitcoin on your computer. Oh, I'm in somebody's beeswax now. Uh, you, you hit Bitcoin. You just want to see what the, you know, they make the commercials look pretty and bright and promising. It isn't, but it makes it look like that. You know, you can dress up a pig and it'll look pretty good. But you take that tuxedo off the pig, he's going right back to the slop. Why? Because he is slop. He's sloppy. <laughs> Promising you, you put in $100, you put in $1,000, and in three weeks, I'm exaggerated, in three weeks, you'll have 10000 Come on. You want real money that's going to stay solid, you've got to suffer through work. You've got to labor. You've got to think. You've got to call on the name of the Lord to help you get through this situation. That's work. And in some cases, it's suffering. It's sacrifice. Y'all stop getting involved in these crazy get rich Work for your money. Get in a partnership with God to get your fortune. And after you suffered a while, woo, <laughs> then you enter into that place called blessed. And you'll feel better about it too. Mm. And so... There were times that Paul had to suffer and there were times that he celebrated in victory. It's not all bad, but you got to take the good with the bad because if you don't ever experience suffering, I promise you, you'll never experience true gain because anything that is of value or great value will cost you something. Labor, work, time, talent, skill. And sometimes it's going to hurt. That's why they use the phrase, no pain, no gain. I see you read the book. Paul tells of how he was caught up in paradise. This is one of the glorious times. Oh, <laughs> God called up to the third heaven. Caught up in paradise. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, even verse 4 there, it talks about that. That was one of the good days. One of the glorious times. He wasn't suffering. And he heard holy things that were not lawful, he says, for him to speak of. I, I, he, could, he couldn't tell what he experienced there. It was that great. Can you imagine? But you see, in some of our good times and some of the great things that happen to us, we have to be humbled lest we rise above ourselves and get the big head. So there are times that after you come down from the mountain, you got to deal with the crazy folk. Moses, 
that are in the valley. Moses went, oh God, give me time, give me time. Moses went up to the top of the mountain. He wasn't suffering at the top of the mountain. He was with God. God gave him the Ten Commandments. God anointed him so, blessed him so, that when he came down with his experience with God, he didn't even like himself. The Bible says that the people couldn't even look upon him because he was so bright. He was shining so bright. He had to cover his face because of the anointing of God. How God will do that. But he had to come down the mountain. And one time, he came down the mountain and the people, People had lost their mind. Not only did they lose their minds, but they lost their clothes. Just 40 days, and they had turned from the God who brought them over from the Red Sea to the idolatrous Egyptians' gods. And of all people, Aaron, the priest, don't you think you're vulnerable or in your, what is it when you're not vulnerable? Not vulnerable to sin. You've got to guard your heart at all times. This was Aaron, the priest. He lied. Moses came down the mountain. He was suffering when he saw this stuff. I'm still talking about something. Just had a mountaintop experience, and he comes down, and now he's suffering. But God's going to eventually get the glory. He sees this cat. He said, what? Aaron, what in the world? What is going What? These naked people running around praising some golden idol. What happened? So it can happen to anyone. But you've got to guard your heart at all times. And sometimes you suffer for good and sometimes you suffer for bad. Just 40 days and the God that brought them over, they had forgotten about him. Took their clothes off and Aaron the priest lied to most. Aaron, what happened? Well, well uh, 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 what had happened was they gave me all their gold. They just, they just gave me all their gold. They gave me all their gold. And, 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 and I threw it in the fire and poof comes this calf. Liar, liar. Pants on fire. When you fall away from God, you'll do things that you never thought you would do. I say this is about the third or fourth time I say it. That's why it's so important for you to guard your heart. Even when things are going great and especially when you're suffering. So one of the ways you know how you suffer or suffer through it is to guard your heart. Protect your relationship with God. I know I'm not going to finish this today. But saints of God, you've got to beware that you protect your relationship, especially in times of poverty. But not just in times of poverty, especially in times of wealth. 
because when you're at the top, it can be easy to forget about those that are on the bottom. You got to humble yourself. I believe that perhaps this is one way that God, or one reason why God made it equal for everyone to give their tithe and their offering because it will keep you humble. But it's the same for everyone. If you make if you make a million dollars a year, your tithe is. $100,000. If you make $1,000 a week, your tithe is? What did y'all say? I said, if you make $1,000 a week, I thought somebody said $1,000. Okay, is that what <laughs> Look at somebody and tell them, you got to guard your heart. Tell them in the good times and in the bad times. to the third heaven or in 2 Corinthians 12 it talks about into paradise he saw godly things holy things he heard utterances that no one else gets to hear he was the man of God he had relationship with God but God knew something that he didn't when he came back down to earth and I don't believe that he was physically but spiritually, but when he got back down to reality, you know where all the trouble is, where all the stuff is? He gives testimony in verse 7 of chapter 12 of 2 Corinthians. He says, and, and lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of of the revelation that was given to me, a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, to trouble me. There, there was a demon appointed to be in my area that would constantly trouble me. Why? Lest I should be exalted above measure. Because after all, I've been with God. You don't know who you're talking to. I eat breakfast with Jesus. We had the breakfast of champions this morning. I walk with God. I talk with God. He uses me to prophesy. Oh, you better let that bubble burst. Lest he would be moved above himself. That means, saints, he had to suffer. And in fact, the Bible says that on three different occasions, he besought the Lord. He prayed, Lord, take this thing away. Take this thorn in the flesh away. I don't know what the thorn in the flesh was. Some say it was an eye problem. Others say it was a flesh problem. I don't know what it was, but it was a problem. And I'm glad that the Bible didn't tell us what it was because whatever your issue is, that's what it is. God knows how to keep you humble and with a decent testimony. So there are some things that you want to get rid of. It's not going to leave. You're just going to have to guard your heart. You got to go through this thing. Staying vigilant. Constant in your faith. Trusting and believing God. He was given 
thorn in the flesh, lest he be exalted in himself above measure. Because there is a degree that you should have some pride. There is a degree and agree a degree there is a degree of which you should have self-confidence and be proud of your accomplishments but not too much <sighs> which lets us know that along with deep knowledge of the things of God there is a great need for discipline and humility are y'all getting this today we can holler and squall next week, perhaps. I doubt it, but it's possible. I want y'all to get this. Lord, place in my spirit to help the people understand to know how to suffer. And so when God visits you, if God visits you on a daily basis, that don't mean you're free and you made it. That means you've got to guard your heart even more. You've got to be more careful that self doesn't get in. Because if God, and I question those that, that God talked to them on a daily basis, three times a day, and always talking to them, you know, you, you, you've met the type, you know, you ask, you ask them a question, and you say, well, let me, I, I need to go and have a little talk with, with Jesus. You know, and usually if you ask them a simple question like, can you give me a ride to the store? And they're talking about, I got to pray about it. Number one, when they say that, you ask them a simple human question like that. Uh, 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 my car is out and, and my baby needs this. And, and if I don't get such and such, you know, it's going to be a bad situation. Can you give me a ride to the store? Baby, I'll pray about it. No, they're lying. They, they, the reality is they don't want to do it. Some things you don't have to ask God for. Discipline and humility is what Paul had as a result the thorn in his flesh because he was reminded that although he had a visitation, although he was caught up into the high places of God, he was still human and therefore subject to the afflictions against the flesh. I don't care how much you pray, you still going to feel pressure from the world. Didn't say you was going to give in. And if that's your level of suffering, then that's what you've got to suffer through. Persecution doesn't always mean somebody talking against you. Persecution doesn't always mean somebody trying to take from you. Sometimes persecution is trying to get you or lure you into the things of Satan. Oh, come on. Come on. What would, what would one drink do? What harm can one drink do? And you are a recovering alcoholic. I didn't say recovered. You're a recovering sex addict. Oh, got some pictures just came in from Life magazine. Oh, you should see these bikinis. And you are a recovering addict. That's suffering. You might not want to call it that. You might want to just throw your hand up and praise God, glory to God, glory to God. But you're suffering because there's a part of you that wants to revisit the old you. See, ain't nobody trying to agree with that. You are messing, you know it. God's still trying to 
help you. And don't give me an excuse. I'm too old for that. Well, why are you trying to still look like that? Just because you can pull it over all that stuff don't mean it fit. I mean, uh, you walking around and all of a sudden, pop, goes the weasel. All right, let me, let me stay focused here. Am I talking right? Come on, y'all. I need, I, oh, my goodness, time, time. I didn't, oh, my goodness. When we return. We'll talk more about how to suffer.